Welcome back to the halfway point through the Thursday 11 January show of the George Show on 710 KNUS. Yesterday under the Gold Dome up north there in Denver, they got underway with the General Assembly. Uh, This is the one that is going to be the last opportunity for the Democrats to do something truly crazy before ballots go out for the 2024 election. Somebody who is there not just as an observer, even though she's part of the 300, part of the 19 in the House, but someone who's there helping to lead the resistance and the fight for anything good is Rose Puglisi. She's the assistant minority leader out of El Paso County. Rose, thanks for taking time out of your morning to speak with us. Oh, thank you, George. I really, really appreciate you having me on, as always. Now, listen, are you in the car? So, honest to God, I left at an hour and a half early. It's supposed to take me an hour and 15, and I still can't get to the Capitol on time with all the traffic. So, um, we'll just we'll keep trying. No, I get it. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. Let, let me uh, start with this. Yours was one of the names bandied about instantly upon the retirement announcement by Doug Lamborn for CD5 as someone who would be a great congressman, congresswoman, congressperson, congressy, I don't know what the term is anymore, uh, for CD5. Have you given that thought and what decisions have you made? Um, You know, the House really needs me right now, and um, I believe that we have a lot of fights still in Colorado. So at this time, I'm not going to be running for the 5th Congressional, but, you know, you never know what the future holds. But right now, I'm incredibly focused on the House and uh, making sure we can bring our policies forward right here in Colorado. I think you'd be great in Congress. I will say selfishly from the parent standpoint, you must have gone through the analysis of I've got two kids at home. I still have two at home, and that's that weighs on me, the idea that, one, I think we want people in Congress who have kids. You know what I mean? And kids that are going through the ages of your kids and my kids. But it's just so contraindicated by the demands of being an effective parent. I don't know how anybody does it. You know, I had my first, um, my daughter on the campaign trail of my very first campaign for county commissioner and my little guy my second year in office. They don't know a world outside of this. Um, And so... Well, that's, you know, always a factor to consider. I think um, the House and the needs of um, the House right now and getting the House in order is really my priority. Well, my sense of it is that it's just going to be super easy this 120-day session because, um, (laughs) yeah, I'm kidding. Tell us what, what has gone on in the first day that is foreshadowing for what's to come here. Um, You know, I think what we're going to see, normally you see an election year that um, the majority party, the Democrats, would be moderating, right, and and not putting forward the most extreme policies. I I am not hearing, nor am I seeing right now, that that is what this session is going to look like. I believe they're going to put, I know, um, and I guess we'll see what the gamble looks like, right, um, in the November election, but... I think the the most um, progressive policies they can push forward is what they're going to continue to do this session. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of very big fights at the Capitol. And, you know, we've only seen just the tip of the iceberg of what they can do um, with such a large majority. So elections have consequences. I do believe it will help Republicans in November. But in the meantime, what will Coloradans um, have to suffer 
as these policies go through. And I, I just, I think people, when we're talking to people, they want balance. They really want to restore balance. And I think the Democrats are seeing that. And so they're going to go very extreme to get their policies through this session. Um, can we talk about a couple things in particular? Last year, as you know, you were sure. right there for the fight. The governor had come out and basically said, I want to hijack local control over development decisions because the people in Denver are smarter than everybody and they have a housing crisis they've created and everyone else has to make up for it. Are we going to see that again? Did they tip their hand already and say, yep, we're going down that road? Absolutely. Um, the governor consistently talks about housing. The speaker in her um, address yesterday spoke about housing and so basically what we've heard is they're going to break up that bill. It does look like potentially the governor is is at least listening to the fact of um, incentivizing local governments as opposed to um, treating them as if they don't understand their own communities. I do hope that he and uh, the Democrats bring more of a statewide perspective. I will say they have reached out to me for my opinions. Um, I haven't seen their bills, though. So whether or not they incorporated um, some of the suggestions I've made is still yet to be seen. Um, but there will be a, a slew of housing bills. We want to make sure that they're doing it right. If you're going to do it, let's make sure we do it right. When you talk about them reaching out, but you haven't seen the bills, a couple of things. One, I guess I'm heartened by the fact that they would reach out, even if it was just pro forma, because you are one of a couple legislators who have also been commissioners who have some sort of idea of how statewide stuff impacts local people but how do you not see the bills have they dropped any bills yet and did they tell you in advance hey let's work together on this or are you as surprised as we are about what hits um so for the most part and, and like i said they um a couple of legislators really reached out right after session ended and said okay obviously you have a different perspective on land use i'm also a county attorney um, who does a lot of land use work and so they've asked for my opinion um we've heard a little bit about what they're doing but in the end it wasn't like they're like here's a bill draft would you sign on for this or could you give us recommendations so We'll see what comes through. Um, I, you know, I don't think all of it will be bad. I just think that understanding that the whole state is different. And, George, you know, you traveled the state um, probably as much as I do. Um, the, the whole state is different. And trying to do this one-size-fits-all on housing is just not right for Colorado. And so I do hope that um, they are going to work with local governments because every community is different. And it's not just like rural versus urban. Colorado Springs is very different than Denver. And so we need to make sure those local communities are engaged and able to put forward the policies that best serve their people. The the Dems can't help themselves, especially with a supermajority, and I can't blame them for trying to do this, uh, but they're always going to make a run at the social stuff because they think it's a wedge issue that benefits them on the ballot. One of those issues is abortion. Have they made it known whether or not they're going to seek to go to the ballot with a constitutional amendment that would enshrine in our Constitution this liberalist of liberal abortion laws? Um, I've only heard speculation at this point. Again, haven't seen a bill yet, but um, I have heard that there is discussions on the Democrat side and potentially a bill coming forward to put, um, you know, legalizing abortion to the level that we have in Colorado um, in the Constitution. So yet to be seen, but definitely um, on the table for them. How about guns? 
and guns. Um, you know, I heard just a little bit yesterday about a plethora of um, gun legislation that's going to be coming forward that will really significantly hamper um, our right to bear arms that is guaranteed by the United States Constitution. And so um, I think we should be ready for, for those issues coming forward. Again, this will probably be What have be you heard about, though? Like, and I, I know you haven't seen bill language, Rose, but w- what have you heard about? What sort sure. of things do they want to tackle? Um, there's a bill, something around safe spaces, where basically you can only, um, as I understand it, and again, this I have not seen it, but um, where you only basically will be able to carry a gun or have a gun in your home and not outside. And I think, you know, that's going to significantly abridge our constitutional rights, something we will, our caucus will fight very hard against. Um, but, you know, more uh, waiting periods, potentially more age restrictions. Um, I think My God, what we what, saw what, last what's year. What's the age now? I, what I what are they going to say, 35? Um, I'm really say? not sure. <laughs> but um, again, I haven't seen any of these bills, but this is what we're hearing around the Capitol building. Um, it's interesting. I, I presume there's going to be some effort by Epps at all to push for another AR ban. And uh, I got to believe that that's coming. That feels like that would be a Tom Sullivan, Senator Tom Sullivan kind of thing as well. Uh, I'm interested to see where they go with this, especially heading into 2024. They have a luxury here, Rose, and you know that, that there are no statewide candidates on the ballot in 2024. No one has to suffer at the statewide level the repercussions for the nonsense that they put out now. And they know that folks are just largely uneducated, most of your voters, and uh, have short attention spans. I'm not knocking them. That's just the reality of the world we've had for you know, 200 years here, and that is you can't stay on top of all this stuff. And these people can run a bunch of jive bills through the House and the Senate, have the governor sign them, and count on the fact that the next time they have to stand for election, it will be hard for people to convince voters that what they've done is is nonsense. Um, how are you guys going to attack this? Maybe attack is the wrong word. How are you going to defend against this? Well, you know, there's a couple of strategies and tools that um, even the minority has. But one of the issues that I think hits everybody, you know, um, we spend a lot of time, more time personally than I think is necessary on these social issues. But when you talk to people, everyday people, like you're saying, George, in the grocery stores, on the street, affordability is the number one issue for them um, outside of the border, actually. But um, we can't control the border issues in Colorado. But affordability, right? And so when people get their property tax bills, and I was actually really surprised, both the governor, I was with the governor at an event yesterday, and then um, obviously the speaker in her speech, and they're kind of embracing what they did on property tax relief. And I was like, well, when people open up their bills and see that they got very nominal property tax relief, and we'll make sure to distinguish between what their local governments did and what the state did, um, Democrats are leaning in, which I find to be really interesting, and I think a really good talking point for the, the normal everyday people who um, really are just trying to make ends meet. They're trying to provide for their families in Colorado, and I think that's where we will have a huge advantage. Well, to that end, HH got crushed at the ballots because voters weighed in, and then the legislature said, oh, well, we'll just do it ourselves and split it up into the four bills. Is there any talk of any other meaningful tax relief for property owners? 
So um, Representative Bottoms, uh, Senator Kirkmeyer, and I have a bill to reduce the income tax rate um, to 4%. And we tried to run that during special session. If you remember, George, the governor, yeah. when um, we did our debate, had, had really leaned into that. Um, and then afterwards said, well, you're going to have to get 20 Democrats to sign on to it. And then I said, well, I don't actually need to get 20 Democrats, Governor. If this is such a great idea, you should get 20 Democrats as the leader of the Democrat Party in Colorado. And so it'll be curious to see if there's any appetite to reduce um, the income tax rate. Because, again, as you know, George, that'll keep more money in people's pockets. They'll be able – you really want property tax relief, renter relief. Give people back more of their money or let them keep more of their money so that the government doesn't take it and they have to wait for refunds. Um, and then you see the political games we all do that the Democrats play with your Tabor refunds. Um, we wouldn't need to do some of that if people were to keep their money outright. We're talking with Rose Puglisi, Assistant Minority Leader for the House GOP in our State General Assembly. Uh, we know that there's going to be some budget issues. I know that this sound crazy to some who are like, weren't we just fighting over what to do with these big Tabor refunds? But a lot of that COVID money that the feds had been throwing at us uh, is drying up, is going away. Have you heard of what the budget issues may be and where that shortfall, if any, is going to come from? Well, here's the problem, George. And, you know, when I turned out as county commissioner in that interim period before I, I ran for the legislature, um, I was talking about this. You know, you have this great influx of money, federal money outside, you know, the taxpayers' money um, coming into the state. And, um, and I warned against the state and the governor continuing to add more departments and add more programs um, because what happens is once you add those programs, then you've inflated the budget. Then when that money goes away, how are you going to pay for all these different programs? And so um, I do think they're going to have a huge problem because, you know, they, they were flush with money and now they're not. Um, I personally, and I've said this for years, we, the state doesn't have a revenue problem. It has a prioritization problem. And if we were to actually prioritize the state budget as to the proper role of government, the things that we should be funding and defund the things that we shouldn't be, um, there would be plenty of money within existing resources in order to provide for the people in the way that they expect us to do, again, according to the proper role of government. Um, I don't know that the Democrats have that appetite, um, but that's, that's what we should be doing. Uh, I know that you are laser-focused on the next 119 days. State of the State address later this morning. In fact, within a couple hours, I know you'll be there. What are your expectations from the governor? Have they given any indication? You know, sometimes, like on the State of the Union, they'll float the text a couple hours. Do you guys get to know what the governor is going to say? So we heard that the governor was going to be sharing his speech or talking points with us yesterday. As of last night, we still have not received them. Um, obviously not in the office yet. So we'll see um, if that has come, but I have seen no indication that it has. I think we'll be ready to respond. Um, I anticipate there'll be, I'll be curious to see if, if the governor leans in in his state of the state on property tax. Because to be honest with you, the worst thing that could happen is for the governor to interfere yet again on property tax and make it worse for the people of Colorado than he already has. Do you expect the legislature to do anything with this migrant crisis Denver has invited upon itself? You know, I was on a call the other day. Um, it was, you know, kind of a pre-session Zoom, and that issue came up. 
And there were some prominent Democrats on that um, that Zoom with me, and it didn't it didn't sound like it. Um, now that doesn't mean it won't. I'm just saying it didn't sound like from that conversation that they um, that they saw a role yet for the state. And you know uh, we always say this: the less the state does, sometimes the better. Um, so I, I'm not sure, and I'm not sure where they would get the resources. Um, to help all of these migrants, but it'll be interesting to see how they um, how they tackle it if they tackle it this session. Are you up for re-election this year? I think you are. I am. Uh, every two years. <laughs> but I'm like, yes, you've got to be on the ballot. Can I ask you a little bit about that? Sure. What, how would you describe the state of our party? Um. I think, you know, the Democrats are infighting so much right now that, um, which we've not normally seen out in public the way that we're seeing right now. I think Republicans have a great opportunity if they seize it. Um, I think bringing these affordability issues, the issues that affect our families um, every day, I think those are great issues for Republicans. And I think we can make a great case that, um, that the Democrats have failed in governing. And I hope, I really truly do, that the the effort to restore balance um, comes from our party. So I see a lot of opportunity. Um, obviously, we have three congressional races up, um, which you know is somewhat unheard of. And we've got such great candidates um, in different districts running. I, I do see that the future of our party is bright. You uh, feel like these races that you're not in at the moment, the third, the fourth, the fifth. I don't know that anybody could see this. Do you see those races as being a, a litmus test, if you will, on the future of the party? I do think we will see more of what the direction of our party is, what our people really want um, in these upcoming elections, absolutely. Um, again, I think we have great candidates that bring very different perspectives, and I, I do think, depending on how those all shake out, you'll see where the Republican Party is going and what our opportunities are going forward. Uh, final question for you as you pull into the Capitol there. When you're having your uh, daily coffee with Representatives Hernandez and Epps, what do you guys talk about? <laughs> <laughs> What, um, have, you had a chance to, have you had a chance to sit down and chat with them about, I don't know, the world? You know, they're one of the um, absolute honors of being in leadership is that um, most of my conversations have to do with leadership, the quorum in the chamber, um, making sure that we all feel safe in our chamber, which I will say Republicans did not feel safe yesterday um, during this Palestinian protest in the middle of um, opening session. And we all walked out um, because I think safety is our top priority right now. And I think those are the conversations we need to continue to have as we're moving forward this session. Can you just quickly describe that? I saw some news reports on it, a little bit of social media feed, but what what did the I Hate Jew crew do um, up there at the legislature yesterday? You know, in the gallery, there's um, there were some protesters, as we've seen um, throughout special session as well, Palestinian protesters. Um, and so, you know, that disruptive nature really does not allow for um, good, solid conversations to be, you know, going forward. 
And, um, you know, while I appreciate, and I really truly do appreciate Colorado State Patrol and their efforts to keep us safe, um, Republicans still don't feel safe at the Capitol. We don't feel safe in the chamber. And so I do think that that's a challenge that Democrat leadership is going to have to um, step up and really make sure that they address so that going forward, I mean, are we going to have a Palestinian protest every single day? Um, and what are they doing to make sure that doesn't happen so we can actually conduct business for the people of Colorado? Well, and as you know, the uh, solution to the crisis in Israel and Gaza rests in the hands of the Colorado General Assembly. You have the power to <laughs> change whatever's going on all those thousands of miles away. It's just this political performance art that takes place on a near daily basis. I keep thinking it's going to die and we're going to get back to just hating each other, you know. But I know there were calls for civility, but that's not going to happen, Rose. I mean, I imagine there's going to be a grab-the-popcorn moment on a weekly basis, maybe more than that out there under the Gold Dome. And uh, I just want to be able to get you back on the radio to describe it. Oh, absolutely, George. Anytime. Um, I really appreciate everyone who's reached out with thoughts and prayers as we started legislative session yesterday. Um, stick with us. I think Republicans have a great opportunity in this session and going forward in November of 2024. That's Rose Puglisi. She is the superstar assistant minority leader of the House. She is going into the belly of the beast right now. She will also be, I think, front and center probably for the state of the state address. I wish we could carry portions of that thing live here, but it doesn't happen until 11 a.m. We'll get some sound and cut it up and uh, talk about it tomorrow as well. Listen, let's cut away for a break. I'm I'm anxious to hear a couple things. Based on the text, it seems like people really do want to chime in on this uh, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Trump, New Hampshire, Iowa thing. If Nikki Haley wins New Hampshire, does that change anything? Of course, Joan, who'd called in in the last hour, said absolutely not. And then the other the other topic that has sort of been catching us uh, that I thought we'd talk about later, but I don't know, maybe now's the time, is some of this controversy related to uh, Fonnie Willis out in Georgia and some allegations made by one of the Trump co-defendants about, um, I, I would call it corruption, but unethical relationship here between her and the uh, special prosecutor and also some financial benefit that she's alleged to have made. That, that'll that be worth a conversation as well. You can give us a call at 303-696-1971. Before I cut you loose, though, can I pretty please tell you about selling your home? When you go to sell, and th- if, if you're in the market at all, this is the year to do it. Last year, very challenging. Very, I know this firsthand, very challenging to try to navigate uh, prices of homes, mortgage rates. Well, the mortgage rate should be better this year because the Fed says they're going to cut interest rates up to six times this year. That's on average about one every two months. Uh, That means all the people that sat on the sidelines smartly last year are going to try to rush forward now and get that house that you would like. Now, that's good for you as you sell your house. It makes it more challenging as you try to buy the next house. You can go with anybody that just pops up on a computer screen somewhere or a park bench somewhere, bus stop, but what you should do are call the best in the business, and that's Gay Ribble with the Empower Home Team. We're going to have Gay in studio next week to have another conversation about this. When you listen to Gay, you know two things. One, what a great human being. If you want to do business with a great human being, you call up Gay Ribble and the Empower Home Team. The other thing is she just knows stuff, man. I mean, she knows stuff. She is not this person that a couple of years ago decided she wanted to supplement her income by becoming a realtor. Nope. She's been doing it for decades in the same metro area in which she grew. 
and raised a family. So give her a call, 833-301-SOLD, 833-301-SOLD. You can check them out at sellwithcertaintycolorado.com. All four words, sellwithcertaintycolorado.com. When we come back, your calls, your texts, this developing topic. It's George Brockler, 710 KNUS. George Brocker back with you here, 710 KNUS. Let's get right to the phone lines at 303-696-1971. That's 1971. Ron, you're on 710. Ron, what do you think? Well, I think that uh, you've got DeSantis and Haley both that do not show any loyalty when in the beginning they said they were super loyal, right, to Trump? And... You you know as well as I do that loyalty is huge. And somebody tells you to your face, I'm loyal, I would never do this, I would never do that. And then the second somebody offers them the right amount of money, they're going to do it. Um, that should say a lot to, to America, that these guys are easily bought. The highest bidder is the one that's going to not only get that person, but get that person to do what they want them to do. Is that uh, your sense of all the of all the non-Trump candidates, Ron? Right now, um, it's my opinion on DeSantis and Haley. Those are the those are the two that we're focusing on. Uh, the what, rest, what evidence do you have um, of that? As far as them going to the highest bidder, yeah. the, well, I just go off of what I see. You know, DeSantis. Loved Trump, right? Um, he, I think he would have been president four years from now, five years from now. Um, I don't think he's going to now because he, he seems like a sellout because he he, he loved Trump. Now he talks bad is, about Trump. Haley says that she Ron? would never run against him, and now she's doing just the opposite. And but, but that's when you just say, on when the you point surface. to those two things, how do those support the idea that they're up for the highest bidder? Well, what caused them to change their minds? I'm just going to use deductive reasoning. The fact that they were maybe they wanted to be maybe they wanted to be president of the United States, or or maybe they thought that hey, a guy who's been indicted four times is going to be a distraction from the from the race. I mean, there's a whole bunch of reasons why they would choose to run short of I've been bought and paid for. Well, yeah, and but then there's still that reason as well. Yeah, there might be other reasons, but there is still that reason. So while you can point to others, the fact that this one is still on the table is the one that makes a person say, you know what, I, I, you know, five years from now, you would have been president, Ron, and you blew it. You, you I mean, kids, you are a good governor. I mean, he, I was like, this guy's going to be great. And as soon as you see this, it's like, it's kind of like a stab in the back. And why is it a stab in the back? Why is it a stab in the, why is it a stab in the back? Well, like I said earlier, I mean, if you're talking to them at the face and you're, you're appreciative of them, you like them, you, you, you support them. And then as soon as, Hey, you want to be president, you could beat this guy. You know what? I think I can screw that guy. Come on. That, that is not. How that, well, <laughs> that's how politicians are, right? Um, that's not how you're supposed to be. That's not how we like it. You know, I I would much rather hear the lousy truth than a good lie, right? Well, Trump usually tells us the lousy truth. 
We don't like the way he says well, it a lot. There's no he, question. He also says some things, buddy, that just aren't aren't true. But that's aside from this. What well, do you who think about right? Trump? Who, who's politics? Trump loyal to? Who's Trump loyal to? From what I see, America and the American people. How so? First, how so? First and foremost, well, close the border, right? Let's, 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 that that is the most important. Look at what's going on there. That is horrible. Let's not send he, money to Ukraine, right? Yeah, but not, uh, how, hold on. How is that loyal to America to give Ukraine over to Russia? Well, I'm more curious as to why are you not pulling the weeds in your backyard and you're worried about the weeds in somebody else's yard? Well, Let's worry about does the that weeds mean in that, our yard first. But, but, Ron, does that mean that we don't have any diplomacy? We're not engaged internationally at all? We just kind of hunker down here behind our borders and wait for something to show up offshore? Or what are well, we are we really a, the world's police? You've heard that so many times, I'm sure. And it's like, no, we are not. I mean, yeah, we can help at times. We don't have to be the front runner. We don't have to be always in charge. We don't have to give money to where, like they say, you can't even monitor. That part is huge. You can't monitor what's going on with that money once you give it to them. And and when you're giving billions of dollars to Ukraine and thousands of dollars, maybe hundreds of dollars, I don't even, I think maybe thousands, to Hawaii, when they have their situation, that's a big problem. Hawaii? And if people... What? Yeah. Remember the, the big fires in Lanai? Yeah. Yeah. They didn't give so, them very much money. Remember? So what, how is that connecting to the to the idea that well, we're going to just... Saying, you're, if you're busy giving money to a foreign country, but you're not even – you're, you're giving – my dad always called it weenie soup. And it's like, what's weenie soup? It's like that's the water that's left over after my dad gets yeah. the weenie. For, and it's well, like and, that's, and, what, that's and what they're giving us. And they're giving the, less the than hot dogs to – but, but, but Hawaii's gotten $400 million bucks Now, comparatively, that's a lot less than what we've done in Ukraine. But – with a different reason as well. But, and Ron, I'm fascinated with this, really? too. Is there anybody that could have run against Donald Trump that wouldn't be viewed as, like, should should nobody have opposed Donald Trump in this primary? Should we have just coronated him? You know what? It's almost like uh, the problem is is that he didn't get to finish. Now, a lot of people think he got robbed. I think there was definitely shenanigans without a doubt. Um, when you say without a doubt, time, though, when you right? say without a doubt, what in the world are you looking at, man? Like I get saying, hey, I think something happened and I, I, I don't believe this. But what's the without a doubt part? Where is that? Because that happens across the board every election. And if you don't know that, you're not paying attention. Did it happen in 2016? It happened in 2016. It happened every single year since what? Probably even back in the Kennedy days. You know that there were well, people but, that but were. Then how did you know, Trump they, they, win in 2016? If the fix is in, man, and it's all about fraud, how did he win? Because it got cut with their pants down. They they didn't think it was going to be at the numbers that they tried. They're like, holy cow, we're just not prepared at this level. We'll how be can ready that the be, next man? Time. If it's just a matter of computers and pressing buttons and ones and zeros and all that stuff, how could they have gotten caught with their pants down? Who's they? Whoever the they is that you think got caught with their pants down. Well, when I'm, well, I'm wondering if we're thinking of the same they, because I'm thinking the ones that rigged it, meaning the Democrats, are the ones that that were able to control it. Because, let, come on, th- this uh, 
no ID to vote? Why would anybody in their right mind before that, outside of, I got ulterior motives. You show me your ID to go into uh, or to, to open a bank account. You show me your ID when you want to buy liquor, but yet when you vote, you don't show your ID. Yeah, but Why? Ron, Repu- Re- just for Colorado, Republicans dominate the number of clerks and recorders. Those are the people that actually count the votes. Griswold doesn't. Um, if that's the case, why didn't Trump win Colorado? I, well, I believe Ever. there are definitely, I believe there are definitely more Democrats in Colorado than there are Republicans, regardless who's counting. I mean, that's obvious, right? Okay, I'm but so saying... then, so you trust the vote in Colorado, or you don't trust the vote in Colorado? That's kind of a double-edged sword, right? Because, um, well, you really think there was no shenanigans? Yeah, see, here's here's how this goes, and I'm happy yeah. to answer your question second. But I'm asking you if you trust the vote in Colorado. That feels like a straight-up yes or no. If it's a no, that's great, and then ask me your question. But do you trust the vote in Colorado? Well, I, I suppose that as far as Colorado is concerned, I, I, I love my state, so I would have to say yes. Um, okay. Because I do believe there are more Democrats in Colorado than Republicans. So, and I do believe that Republicans, um, while are not perfect by any means, are not going to um, try to fudge it because it's like it's, nobody's going to believe that Trump could win in Colorado. Um, so, yeah, I would, I, would, I would definitely say I have to trust that. Based a lot when on you, sense. Do you trust the New Hampshire vote? Do you trust what New Hampshire would do? I'm talking about across the board. Do you think – you never answered my question. You said I, you'd answer. Oh, yeah, yeah. You go, think go there's ahead, never been again. any shenanigans? Oh, I think there have been shenanigans. Do I think, though, that whatever took place at whatever small level back in 2020 – resulted in a change of outcome for the presidential election? I do not. It wasn't one of those things that made you scratch your head and say, how, how the heck no. that happened? Huh. No, not at all. Like, I, here's here's the problem. And, and, That's, that made me scratch my head. Yeah, listen – we have more people in the country. We have made voting easier, and we can debate whether that's good or bad, but we made voting easier to accomplish. And I think the point that, that Trump folks lose is that not only does he excite them and motivate the base like nobody I've seen in my lifetime, he motivates Democrats like nobody I've seen in my lifetime. So when people say, hey, do you think 81 million people voted for Joe Biden? No, I don't. I think 81 million people either voted for Joe Biden or voted against Donald Trump. I can see that. I mean, look, travel around Highlands Ranch in otherwise red Douglas County. There are a ton of folks out there, many of them moms, who hate that dude, hate that dude. If you took his policies and pulled them, they'd love his policies. You put his name on it, they hate him. That's just a reality. Why why do you think that is? Because he is a crass, misogynistic dude. Undeniably, this guy is a You're crass, not be misogynistic him over womanizer. For dinner. You're not going to be marrying him. You're not wanting him to be your brother-in-law, your uncle. None of that. You're wanting him to run the country. And if he's running the country really good, and he has good ideas, and he's done so much for our country when he was president, why 
would you be so, you know what, I don't like the guy because he says grab him, you know, where. And it's like, you know what, I am sure there have been your buddies as many other buddies that were in the locker room that had the same type of talk. Yeah, and, and I'm not going to vote for them say, for not president. Not my friend. No, I don't I'm, deal I'm with people vote, like that. I'm not voting for them for president, buddy. Here's the deal. I can't look my daughter in the eye and tell her it's no big deal. What he says is irrelevant. How he's treated women throughout his life, publicly and privately, that's, it's irrelevant. The allegations yeah. against him about sexually assaulting a woman that at least at the civil level he was found liable for, that doesn't matter. None of that matters. What matters is this is a guy that's willing to promise to build a wall and have Mexico fund it, neither of which happens, and then we say he's the best thing since sliced bread. That's really problematic for me when I'm talking to my kids kids yeah but it's not problematic for you to look at the history and see the other presidents that have done just as bad if not worse well there it is then. one and it's amazing so, as to how people just say you know what but that was then this is now no 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 but but ben, don't you you're you have said bill clinton evil bad look what he's done i don't remember the last time he was adjudicated at any level a sexual abuser trump was now either you say yes <laughs> both of them are horrible or you look at it and you say well, there's something wrong with the thing that happened with Trump. I can just dismiss that. If you really don't think that Clinton is guilty of, of a, a lot, then you are seriously closed-minded. It, it's not a question of whether I think he's guilty or you think he's guilty. The question is, one of them has been through a legal process. The other one, we just talk about and convict with our words. Oh, the other one has okay. been through a civil trial. Okay. I see. So, so O.J. Simpson was innocent. Okay, I see what no, you're. No, I don't. I don't, I don't believe okay. that at all, man. I don't believe that okay. at all. But well, he went through the legal system and was found innocent. No, he wasn't found innocent. Nobody in the criminal justice system gets to be found innocent. They get to be found either guilty or not guilty. Not guilty is not the same as innocent. I stand corrected. You are right. You are correct. But he went through. The, he went through the system, and he walked. So yeah, that's right. You're, that's you right. Know, and the fact hold on. that Clinton then was he not was, able to get there, he he. And even on, if he did walk, then he was sued civilly. OJ was and OJ. You know as well as I OJ, do. Ron OJ was found liable civilly, just like Trump, for the killing of Ron Goldman and his ex-wife. Do you believe that that's true or not true? Do you believe he did it or didn't? Because he went through oh, the I, civil process oh, I, the way Trump did. He definitely did it, and he definitely go. got away with murder. Absolutely. At the criminal level, he for like sure did. Just like Clinton has done rape, and he's gotten away with it. How about Absolutely. Trump? Absolutely. How about Trump? Has Trump raped? We don't know that. Hold, hold on. How do we not that know that? Question. Here's How the problem with that loaded that? question. Here's the problem with that loaded question. It's because so many people hate him. So many people will lie. We don't know what's the truth and what's the lie. You know, there, there's no Russia collusion, but everybody believed it, didn't they? And you still no, have people not that everybody believe it. Believed it. Not everybody believed Yo, it. But you, I want to get oh, back to this on. thing where, buddy, you've convicted in your mind Bill Clinton of multiple rapes, him having never spent a day in well, court I don't know where you got multiple, things. but I definitely said one. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter whether it's one or not. You've convicted him. He's had no day in court to adjudicate this. Trump has, and your answer is, well, we don't know about Trump, but we definitely know about the guy who hasn't had his day in court. We know he okay. did. Have you ever looked at the history of the ladies that have accused him from Clinton to Trump? Have you looked at their background? Have you looked at their recall of the story? Have you looked at – come on, when somebody's able to vividly recall it, give you details, and the other person is saying, meh, you know, and then they joke about it with uh, um, 
uh, Anderson Cooper. Buddy, it's all like, I can tell you is this this thing got litigated in a courtroom in which Trump, Trump and his attorneys had an opportunity to address these things. A jury rejected it. Now, you can impugn the character of the jury and the makeup of the jury, but he went through a process, and you've said, I'm going to excuse that. And the guy that hasn't gone through the process, Clinton, I'm going to go ahead and convict him. And don't you see some sort of hypocrisy there, some sort of a double standard? Oh, there is a double standard. You are without a doubt correct on that. There's been a double standard in our court systems for quite some time. And the fact that we can't get true justice makes you wonder if justice is blind. You are What's true justice? Right on that. What's true justice? True justice is that somebody is actually guilty of a crime, kind of like O.J. Simpson. He was actually guilty of it, and they were able to – he got a better attorney than what the state of California had, and they were able to just because of the law and because of – you can't admit this, you can't do this, but you can do this, and – and and you Ron, know as well as Ron, I do Trump, that he Trump had a convicted, good lawyer. If the glove doesn't fit, you must yeah. acquit. And, Ron, if, wow. if Trump is convicted down in Florida for that documents and stuff, is that true justice? No, absolutely not. Why not? Absolutely not. Why not? Are you talking about the documents that he took while he was president? If you talk, but you're not he, talking about the documents that Biden took when he on, wasn't president. The whataboutism what isn't I mean a defense to no criminal justice? conduct. What whataboutism is not a defense to criminal conduct. You said true justice is when someone is held accountable for their criminal conduct. If Trump goes to trial, helps pick a jury, that jury convicts him beyond a reasonable doubt. Is that true justice? I wow. I I would have to still lean towards who's the person, Trump. So many people in the judicial system, I'm shocked as to the power the Democrats have. I would say no, because their reach goes further than we could ever imagine. The, is, the, the Democrats rule and the Republicans follow. The Democrats could give the middle finger to everybody and say, and, and people say, shit, and that, I'm sorry, they say, oh, buddy. Yeah, sorry, Ron. We got to let you go, man. We can't do the profanity thing. I know it wasn't intentional, and we have very loose, comfortable conversations here, but the FCC doesn't care. <laughs> they just care that we cut you off when that happens. Uh, listen, Ron's line is open at 303-696-1970. We're in the 9 o'clock hour. We're going to be joined by a congressional candidate. His name's Bob Gardner, state senator, veteran, JAG guy. We'll get him on as well. Listen, let's cut away for a break. I want to tell you about QC Kinetics. Again, as we hit that middle part of January, and my God, we're close to the middle part of January here, uh, you're thinking to yourself, what do I have left to do to make 2024 better? Well, if you're dealing with chronic pain in your ankles, knees, elbows, hips, lower back, uh, the only options you tend to have are pain pills. That sucks. Going under the knife. That really sucks. Long rehab. No thank you or QC Kinetics. QC Kinetics does regenerative medicine like nobody else. They've been doing this thing border to border, coast to coast for a long time now. They have tons of positive feedback from the folks that have done this procedure. They use you, the good parts of you, through regenerative medicine to help fix the parts that need help. You should check them out. You can go to their website at qckinetics.com. That's a Q and a C and a kinetics in there. K is how you spell kinetics. It ends in uh, it ends in an X, as you can imagine. Um, and you can check out all of the things that they have to offer. 
They'll answer all of your questions. These are the great folks that find a way to take that pain away long term without you having to go under the knife. Who doesn't want to do that? Check them out at qckinetics.com. You can also give them a call at uh, 303-900-8986, 303-900-8986. When we come back, your calls, your texts, and there's a bunch of them. George Brockler, 710 KNUS. George Brockler back with you here, 710 KNUS. Not enough time to do all the things I want to do. Keep those texts coming in. In the next segment, we're going to have another candidate for CD5 good dude, Senator Bob Gardner from down south. Stick around for that interview. It's George Brockler, 710 KNUS.